Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of Star Trek Zhuzhurations. Uh We've got quite the zhuzhing today, uh, Mr. Farrick. Yes, we do. We did not give ourselves an easy task this time. So, this is my fault. Yes, I yes, it is. Just, just to be very clear, this is all Jack. <laughs> I've No, this is Rick Berman's fault, but uh, it's also... Uh, yes, my fault. But, you know, this is an episode that probably stacks very high on the list of any fan's list of episodes that should have been entirely different. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think Scott Bakula would agree. I think... Uh, I think Jonathan Frakes would agree. I think, you know, anyone who happened to be walking near the Paramount lot around that time would be free... Be free. Right. They're running away. That's what. That's how they're being free. They're running away from production on this episode. <laughs> well, so I hope we can uh, uh, do some justice to the end of Enterprise, a show that I did not watch. Again, I am Jack Tracy. I have my co-host with me. I am Sean Farrick, and I apparently am here to bring the Enterprise knowledge. Yes. Yes. So, so in so. If for those of you joining us for the first time, we are Star Trek Zhuzhurations. We are two homosexual writers who love Star Trek, and we would like to zhuzh the bad episodes. And we go, we each pick an episode that we uh, surprise the other with. I'm anxious to hear at the end of the episode what Sean has picked for next time. Um, but I last episode picked um, These Are the Voyages, the final episode of Enterprise. Again, a show I did not watch very much at all. Um, so I was constantly texting Sean while I was creating sort of my fix to the episode of like, wait a minute, was this known before the episode? Did this, is this part, important part of Enterprise? Cause it's like, I, it wouldn't make sense if I did something where like there were fans who watched Enterprise would be like, oh, but you can't do that because blah. You Folks, know? it was like reading a live breakdown. <laughs> like I was just like, oh no, this is his first, oh honey, no, I'm sorry. <laughs> was Shran, was, did we know Shran was dead? Like, mm-mm. I love it when all the stakes of an episode are in expository dialogue and you learn it for the first time in the last episode. Oh, my God. Really has a way of, like, being a bookend of the series. Absolutely, yeah. This natural progression that it came to... (laughs) Right. Yeah. Hmm. Right. Right. Uh, Also, and we'll talk about it, but um, before we get into the episode recap, that is not what poetic justice is. There is a line that infuriated me. Um, I'm forgetting that uh, now. Which uh, so obviously it's about Captain Bakula uh, Archer said something to someone about how they started their trip at they started their mission at Rigel and they're ending it at Rigel. How how like isn't that poetic justice? It's not poetic justice. No, full That's circle. Not, there's no justice sure. to this. It's full circle. It's a bookend. It's a. It's like who wrote this? Uh, oh, who? Oh, there, there, there are names. Sorry. You know, like, actually, now, here's one thing. I know we'll, we'll go into the summary now, just, but... Right, right, you, right. You've been... We're so angry that we can't even do our segment. Well... We can't even do our podcast in order. We can't, like, structure these segments that we have so carefully structured where we talk about the episode, and then we do pros and cons, and then we both judge it because we're both so perplexed. But actually, on, on that, you've been very good the last week. It's like, you know, this is not us. You know, there's no nastiness in what we're saying. This is pure, like... Oh, yeah, no, time saying, Yeah, no, mean. These Are the Voyages is exempt from that rule. In my, It's certainly on my part, anyway. It is exempt from the, no, no, there's no nastiness. No, no, there are people who are very directly at fault for this episode. Right. Yeah. All right, so let's let's breeze through the 
plot yeah. uh, of this episode very briefly. Let me pull up our good friends at Memory Alpha. Not a sponsor, but God, do we love them. Mm-hmm. So for those of you who haven't seen this episode in a while or um, are fortunate enough to have never seen this episode, this is the final episode of Enterprise. Um, we start off on the bridge with, uh, it's what, Sato? Well, who knows because they're barely in the episode at all. But Meriwether, um, Mayweather, Sato, and... Mayweather, Mayweather, Sato, and um, uh, Reed. Yes. Yep. And they're doing the thing that I hate the most in any film property. Wow. I guess it's been 10 years, hasn't it? Wow, it has been 10 years. Wow. What a 10 years it's been. It's been – it's just like the the – okay, we need these three people to act incredibly bored mm-hmm. Uh it was it, the laziest opening. They were just like chilling on the bridge, didn't give a shit about anything. There was no excitement of the fact that apparently they were going to sign like the first Federation Charter, which I guess is called the Coalition, and it's like pre-Federation. Yeah. But like no pomp and circumstance. No – the actors are – everything about these actors' performance, and I'm sure they are great in other episodes, and I'm sure they're wonderful actors, but everything about the actors' performances in this episode was we are tired and bored. When do we go home? Uh, so we start off with that and we learn that it's been, well, I guess it's been, has it been 10 years or it was 10 years from the beginning of the show. So it's been seven years. Uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So 10 years since they piloted out of Broken Bow and then it's been show run for four years. So it's been in theory, six years since we've been aboard the Enterprise. Question. Is it Broken Bow or broken bow, like when the bow breaks. I have heard both pronunciations, and I would have called it broken bow for the longest time, and then I heard a whole crap ton of people saying broken bow, so I'm just going to call it broke back. <laughs> and that you can see on Sean's OnlyFans, Brokeback Enterprise. Um, <laughs> I wish I knew how to quit you, Archer. <laughs> oh, well, that sounds like Trip right there, who is a great emulation of... Uh, that Trip character is George W. Bush. I can't unsee George W. Bush when I look at and hear Trip. I just don't understand why he has this thick Texan accent and he's from Florida. I'm sorry, and our favorite and my favorite show is where the French captain is British. Yeah, no. Just yeah, no. we gotta we gotta let that one go. No, hiss. we gotta let that one go. Hiss. Um, if, for every Patrick Stewart, we've got to get a person whose name I did not commit to memory. <gasps> Conjurer. There we go. I've seen that name before. I really did not like this show. I stopped watching like two episodes, three episodes in. Discovery, I at least made it to season four. Anyway, we are going to this episode. Okay, so we get the stupid reveal, which is the pa- the camera pans super hard left and surprise. It's a holodeck simulation on the Enterprise D. Riker looking tired. Um, it was like. No, I don't want to say that. That's mean. Uh, I love I love all these people. But it just they did not do him any justice in this. So he's crammed into his uh, next-gen uniform. Again, my biggest problem when you go in the past, so far in the past, and Picard had a lot of these problems as well. Like, they obviously don't look anything like they did at the time. So, like, don't do it. I hear what you... And that's... Don't do it. The, the, the problem with doing this in 2005 is that the only option they really had was makeup. 
in Picard, I remember when the first trailer came out and we saw Data. Oh, God. Even Brent Spiner was like, uh, what? Aha. Now, it did get better. It, it got a lot better compared to the trailer. A little bit. Compared to the trailer, to the tra- sure. Um, but there's some, some, some work better than others in Picard. Um, but what they did do right in Picard, which they do wrong here in Picard... Riker is is they got Triker's uh, Troy's uh, actual Triker they got Troy's actual wig instead of a Party City one. Uh, well, yes, uh, but I mean hmm. yes, but also like they it they look comfortable, um, whereas here mm-hmm. they've hampered themselves by going right. This is set during season seven of TNG. It's like okay, good luck. Right. So okay, so surprise, we're in the hologram of the Enterprise D. Uh, we'll talk about things we like and didn't like, but we get. Some really nice recreations of the Enterprise D set, yes. which is something I loved in those opening shots of um, of the Picard, the pilot episode of Picard. When you see Ten Ford, like there was something magical about that. I'm fairly certain the footage they use. I was so excited because we saw the replicator and the waiter in the green uniform and Ten Ford take the cup out, and I'm like, oh my god, they really did this! Like, look at all of this stuff. And I was like, oh, it's reused footage. Uh, because there was a season two uniform in the background. Well spotted. So it was exactly. early. It wasn't season two. It was early TNG, though. It was like three or four. I think it's the episode with um, Bink, 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 Bink. Is it Menage Troy? It is indeed Menage. I was just like, you know, that is some expert vamping going on there. It is indeed Menage Troy. And of course, they're... No, no, vamping? You know what that is. I wasn't vamping. Those are the... We're doing it very well. The... the, the those are no. Those are the ceremonial rhythms that Wesley hears in the static. Bink, 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 bink. Oh, it's been a while bink, so that bink, I've bink. seen it. Remember, um, so they hear that in in ten forward. There's like some ceremony going on, and that's what Riker puts in the static when he breaks into the Frankie computer to signal to Wesley where they are. Oh, no he memory hears the of clicks. that. Good memory. Oh, I, I love that. In fact, I just rec- – because I that came to memory when I saw that. I wrote it down. I want to – please don't sue me. Incorporate that melody into one of my – I do music. I want to incorporate that melody into one of my songs. I think it would be funny. Uh, it, just for – By the way, sorry. I only the little casual. I do music. Yeah, check out this man's music videos, Mr. I do music over there. Yeah, he does a little bit more than that. That's not – Thank you. That's not what this this is not what this podcast is about. This is not yet a shameless a self plugging device. Um, oh, it's not. Which I'll if put you the would like to away. see yeah. same, <laughs> which if you would like to see shameless self plugging, please subscribe to Shots Only Fans. <laughs> I have no problem with shameless self plugging. Thank you very much. <laughs> oh God, we got to get back to this episode. Do we? Um, all right. So, so surprise. So so we we find out we're in Pegasus, the episode Pegasus, which is a solid episode but i don't think like a major epic fan favorite like it's a great episode it's one of the really good ones of that era but it's not like it's not like best of both worlds it's not yesterday's enterprise it's like no it's it's just a solid it's a key Riker episode but i mean they're reaching they are reaching when they're looking for we need him to be on the holodeck to make a decision which i completely abandoned so um uh uh so he's so he has to make a decision about whether to tell Picard about the fact that Admiral Pressman, mm-hmm. um, his old captain, and they did the experiments on the with the cloaking device, and he's forbidden to tell Picard. Um, now I haven't. I should have gone back and watched Pegasus before doing this, but I saw some fan criticism that basically they also got wrong. Where where all of this is supposed to be happening in this episode doesn't make sense because Riker actually never tells Picard. 
No, uh, apparently I've got to I've got to relook at this. Yeah, the way they frame it in this <laughs> doesn't match up with the reveal in the episode in itself. The episode. Yes, you're right. Right. Yeah. So dumb on dumb on dumb. Okay. Uh, other gripe. How do you recreate the Enterprise so beautifully and get the wrong fucking turbo lift? When Troy goes into the turbo lift, that's not the Enterprise D turbo lift. I'd have to look it's at got that like again. Tan carpeting on the wall. What the fuck is this? Tan. I definitely. It was looked, weird. It was I need not to look at the again. Enterprise D. Yeah. It was not the Enterprise D turbo lift. Everything else was great. It's not the Enterprise D turbo lift. So, um, so yeah. So basically, he needs to make a decision. He hasn't told Troy what's going on, and Troy's like, okay, she's both like. She apparently suggested to him to go replay this fantasy of the Enterprise in the holodeck to teach him a lesson about obeying orders, which makes no sense. And then she later says that she's never, ever run the program herself. So she's recommending to him a program that she's never actually done to help him make a major life decision when, I don't know, he could probably just pull up a pad and read about it. Um, Dumb. Dumb on dumb on dumb on dumb. So... We find out that what the historical moment that he's looking at is right before they sign the the first coalition charter treaty, whatever, that then eventually turns into the Federation. They are um, they are surprised by a by a hail from Shran. God love Jeffrey Combs, um, who, as Sean told me, because I didn't know hmm. this, apparently. Had not been killed in Enterprise. Alive in and well. proper run. Yeah. Was alive and well by the very end. And then they give a exposition of like, I thought he was dead. But he's not dead. So surprise and undo the surprise within three seconds. Um, so no stakes. No one cares. Uh, everyone thought he was alive anyway. So this means nothing. Um, he's alive. And he has a daughter. Another surprise. So another new stake in an episode randomly. Last episode. So again... No one cares. Um, and they need, he needs Enterprise's help in rescuing the daughter. Um, they decide, I guess this is the lesson about, is Trip breaking orders when he like commits suicide? Or is it, this is the breaking? What about this is is a lesson in breaking orders? I don't understand. Like what, what about this? So they broke orders because they, they diverted themselves to go help Shran? Or Trip broke orders because he had later Archer, you know, hit by the mercenaries so that he could murder all of them rather than like well, it, like any other Star Trek episode, bide your time while you're figuring out a solution. God. Anyway, um, don't understand. So, so also, Troy, the fuck, this is your example? Unclear as to why this is an example in for Riker to learn about breaking orders unclear also they could probably have learned this from any other oh my earring felt my earring my uh earbud fell out because i was so upset um it literally the steam pushed the airpod out of my ear um also so any there's a million episodes of tng that these characters were all involved in which could teach you a lesson about uh whether to break orders or not and where the line is there's a main prime directive episodes there's main but no we need to visit this extremely minor strange offshoot of you know from hundreds of years ago because someone didn't probably, read the contract properly and freaks and marina seritas have to jump whenever they say right <laughs> So, so we, weird, 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 weird. So they go, they rescue the daughter, they steal some crystal, which uh, was the shittiest prop I've ever seen. Um, 
doesn't look cool or expensive or rare or anything at all. It looks like literally costume jewelry. Um, yeah, Shran, Shran, his daughter got kidnapped because these mercenaries thought he stole a gem. So he goes and returns the gem. Was the gem important in Enterprise or was this also new? Literally, don't put any thought into this. None of it has any kind of comeback. Right, so no, there are no comebacks in this episode. There are no payoffs. It's literally just new information and immediately disposed of. Great. So we've got this stupid crystal that Shran apparently stole. So they make a fake one because he didn't steal it, but they need the daughter back. So they make a fake one to return it and then get the daughter back. T'Pol goes down with him. Uh, they get the daughter back. Turns out the, the, the crystal was turned into a strobe light. So... That actually I thought was a really cool effect. Yeah, I enjoyed that. I liked the sort of blinding. And then, because they do it so that Shran can get away from the mercenary. So they already got the daughter. Paul's already out of the way. They do the flashy light thing so that Shran can run away. And then they decide, the, the crew of the Enterprise decides, you know what? While we're here, let's just murder all these mercenaries. Yeah, yeah I will and say then, Enterprise was a lot freer when it came to shooting people than, say, Next Gen uh, was or... Well, so here I am trying to justify it, which is they don't have transporters, right? Or, like, they don't have, like, hmm. regular access of transporters. It's a lot of shuttlecraft stuff. A lot of sh- yeah. So I think maybe if I'm giving it any credit, it's like, okay, we do need a firefight because I can't just have the ship beam us up. we got to get back to that shuttle. So, like, we've got to get from here to there, and there are these people out there who now really hate us and they have guns. So, like... There's, I think there's some reasoning in that. I think that's fine to make it a little more Wild West because we don't have handy technology to just scoop us out of bad situations. I'm kind of okay with that. But, man, not a not a good look for the crew of the Enterprise. Just murder, uh, tricking a bunch of people who think that someone stole from them all because they like Blue Guy. Joe, what that's... And then murdering... That has just them. reminded me, sorry, Jack, of... Like, there's got to be one of the Makos that's like Crumbombula's mic from uh, Rick and Morty. It's like, oh, here I go, killing again. I just love killing. Yeah. It's like, oh, we'll just send him down. He'll have a great time. He'll take them all on himself. It's so weird. Weird shots of Riker watching it. Like, things that will haunt my nightmares. Like, down-angle shots of a very tired Jonathan Frakes watching people get murdered. That's weird. In, like, a balcony. Uh, then we have the fake out because we've heard from a line from Troy uh, when they go to the holodeck, pardon me, when they go to the holodeck together and they, uh, you know, take a little museum tour of the ship, we learn that that Trip isn't going to make it back. So we get the fake out. Trip almost falls off the balcony. Is this it? Is this him not? No, he's fine. Dumb, dumb, dumb. Because they, they've they've already foreshadowed that Trip's going to die. Like, we know Trip's going to die. Um we have some weird conversations between Trip and T'Pol, which is probably next to the chemistry between Frakes and Sirtis is the only enjoyable part of the episode. Mm. Um, Jolene Blaylock is a phenomenal actress, and justice for Jolene Blaylock. She's great. Agreed. No, absolutely agreed. She's great. She got done dirty. She really did. She got... I think she even got worse than Jerry Ryan. Like, Jerry Ryan got put on the show for um, uh, Berman to jerk off in his office to her tits. And Jolene, Bla- Jolene Blaylock was, like, even worse. Well, I... Sorry, uh, ale- allegedly. I have, uh, yeah, well, I mean, when we're discussing background, I have <laughs> things on that. But I think, right. I think she sure does she a great job horribly. as much as possible in this episode. Because, yes. um, like, I mean, 
not pull up I've watched all of Enterprise and you haven't but you can see there is a growth throughout the four seasons and I think she is so natural compared to what we've seen over four seasons for T'Pol season four right just continued getting she continued getting really really good I really think the material was there for her to be one of the all time great characters and yeah. of course just yeah. pulled the rug out from from under so she and Connor uh, uh, Trip, whoever they actually have really great chemistry I like their conversations yes. I liked her characterization of 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 feeling like the whole conversation is like I'm going to miss you because that's a good thing for like a, a series finale it's a good theme to mm-hmm. have your characters go through about missing each other that they're all moving on and her dealing with it in a Vulcan way um, I don't care about their relationship but it was because I, I didn't watch the show but I liked the two of them together I liked that scene it felt very real of like yeah. colleagues who have a very old romantic, uh, you know, dead ro- romance kind of like at an inflection point because they're all moving on sort of things stirring. I actually really liked that. Yeah. Uh, I thought that was nicely done. I agree. I think the two of them, they they were a really, really good <laughs> double team. Um. And if you would like to see a really good double team, make sure to subscribe to Sean's OnlyFans. Um, I'm, I'm just going to say that throughout every no episode. No problem with shameless stuff plugging. So right. thank you, Jack, for jumping on that. Uh, <laughs> that's a great, like, Irish porn star name. Seamus self plugging. Fuck me. That's actually really good. <laughs> that's really good. <laughs> I'm shame. No, I'm not going to do an accent. Uh, uh, <laughs> I'm shameless self plugging. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> this episode is already off the rails. I apologize, listener. I apologize. Oh, the one of you, I apologize. Um, so, I mean, the episode just kind of... Pl- so so we get done. So they rescue the daughter. Trip's not dead. They get back on course. They're going back to the thing. So all of that was just a random adventure that didn't mean anything. Mm. Uh, Shran disappears. We never see him again. Thanks for the daughter. Calls him pink skin. Uh, there's a lot of racism in this episode, too. That's, I mean, not defending it, but yeah, like... Over four seasons, Shran consistently calls Archer pink skin. It becomes a term of endearment, but it is in every single time. It's like, this is racist. Like, this and is it's just racist. Lazy. It's like someone's like, let's make him sound like a alien. You know, it's just, it's, it, it is no, um, uh, what, ugly bags of mostly water? Yes. Yeah. That's great. Pink skin is dumb. Um, that's from what, Evolution on, uh, Next Gen? Uh, Ugly Bugs and Mostly Water. No, we're going back to Home Soil Season 1. It's the first... Oh, that's Home Soil. I thought it was the nanoprobes with Wesley. No, it's, it's Home Soil. It's the, it's the little crystals that are alive in the mines. Right. Yeah. Okay. So, and Killer, (laughs) Data Fight and Killer Laser. Um, so... (laughs) So, anyway, don't talk about better episodes. This episode. Um... Right, so they're going to the coalition, and it turns out, uh-oh, those mercenaries that we didn't mur- we didn't murder them all. Whoops. And here they are. They somehow attack the ship, which we see no exterior shots of. They get on board the Enterprise. They ambush, or or they, they you know, uh, Tucker and, and Quantum Leap go to intercept. They don't have any weapons on them to intercept intruders. Cool. Uh, smart decision, guys. Then they trip does this elaborate. Okay, these mercenaries are the stupidest mercenaries in the world. 
Oh, to call SRAN with the communications relay, you have to take this pipe and connect it up to this tube and this pipe in this secret corridor. Tap your fucking, like, tap a control panel and call them. Yeah. Like, why did anyone believe? Just can't get so good mercenaries anymore, this, Jack. Uh, they're doing, I mean, the Nausicans maybe. Maybe the Nausicans would fall, fall for something like that because they had them talk stupid. Human um, play dumb jot? Play, play dumb jot, human. You have no gramba. Um, so, <laughs> and if you'd like to see a good gramba, make sure to subscribe to Shots Only Fans. This will not stop. This will never stop. Best damn um, PR manager ever. <laughs> so, <laughs> get your gramba on. So, uh, uh, yeah, it's dumb. Trip, I'm, I'm going to call Strand down here, guys. And then ends up just like committing suicide and blowing them all up. Which seemed like an overreaction <laughs> it seemed like there were other there were other means to to deal with this just really didn't want to go to that treaty signing no he re- no he didn't want to leave that ship um anyway so now trip's dead um archer doesn't seem to care very much there's absolutely no emotional impact to archer with whatever mm. we just we have him go into the i did like i actually have to say i did like the sick bay scene and when he gets put in the tube and he, like, gives the wink mm. and then the next cut is, like, they're packing up his shit in the quarters. I actually really liked that because that was, like, that was pretty rough. It was. Yeah. That was a punch. That's, like, a Kalar bloody dead punch because that, that, that episode always gets – I cry in that episode every time uh, when Duras murders Kalar and they find her. Like, that kind of, like, surprise gut punch – even not watching Enterprise, it got me a little bit. Like, he goes into the tube. He's going to be fine. Next next cut, she's packing up his things. Mm. Oof. Oof. That's good stuff. They just, they just moved him like out of the room. They were like, well, we don't want to deal with this anymore. Into the cupboard with you. <laughs> <laughs> was that supposed to do something? Was that, like, supposed to sort of bio bed? No, no, no. We were making room no, for it was someone a, to hang out. it was a, hi- a hyperbaric chamber or yeah. something to like do to help him have lung control because he like fused his lungs or something um back to tank anyway <laughs> they just put him they just put him in the morgue while he was still alive they just went to save time what about chances dog? Get him in. um <laughs> they should have had flocks do the the smile but like a big frowny face like uh <laughs> is Trip gonna make it? CGI smile, CGI frown. <laughs> uh, nice that they did the CGI smile for Flocks uh, in his two lines in this episode yes. because I I do remember that from Broken Bow. Um, so it was, that was a that was a nice little callback. And then uh, I don't know if they ever did it again on the show, like like the yeah, separation well, yeah, a couple of times, the, yeah. Okay, like the separation of the Enterprise D on Next Gen. Twice and done. <laughs> um, and for and more twice for and done, check out Sean's OnlyFans. <laughs> there we go. Yeah. It's not as funny when you do it. Um, it wasn't meant you, to be you have funny to let on me, that one. You have, to, you have to plug... I have to plug your stuff. You have to plug my stuff. That's how this works. And if you would like to see Sean plug my stuff, please donate to our Patreon. Ta-da! Um, <laughs> back to this terrible episode. Must um, we, Jack? Must we? Come on, let's wrap this up. But, well, I mean, we're done. Yeah, we're yeah. done. We're done. So, so... Uh, somehow Riker learns a lesson from this that he should tell Picard about cloaking technology. Why? Don't know. Don't care. Uh, they're all at the ceremony that they get to. Um, 
they they hire six day players to fill out the crowd uh, watching um, the 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 ceremony. We've got the uh, Sona Bridge Wall as the backing wall to their little conference room from yep. Insurrection, um, and they have a little chat. They have a hug, which was kind of nice. The hug was kind of nice. Mm. And Archer feel, hugs to Paul. Terrible episode. Well earned hug. That was a nice payoff. Yeah. Yeah. That was nice. And then he goes out to give a speech we don't see. And Riker and Troy are like, wow, isn't it so cool? Couldn't, don't you wish you could tell these holograms that they're forming the Federation? Neat. Also, there's a lot of there's a lot of like lines like, all good things come to an end. Yeah. Like, uh, uh, there's a lot of like- Leave this for the next generation was stuff. another one. Right, yeah. that's another one. Like, ugh, 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 ham-fisted nonsense. Anyway, so then the 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 series ends with a fart, and that's it. <laughs> I did like it. wasn't amazing, but when you're grasping for straws in this episode, I did like the closing montage of the three ships named Enterprise that all had. Yes. Yeah. So I did like that. Um, but so uh, so let me just before we go into our pros and cons, let me just read. I have handwritten notes here. Usually I do it on my phone, but this one I I wrote down because. Um, I wanted the anger to fuel the, 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 the movement. And so I just want to read the things that are biggest and in all caps. Um, those notes are, I hate this theme song. The <gasps> stakes are dumb. Someone doesn't have faith in the heart. Acting is terrible. Day players suck. Holodeck has no stakes. Rain check was dumb. Data's not that stupid. This is someone who oh, didn't know how to write data. Yeah. Data line was dumb. Rain check was dumb. So dumb. Money? When Trip talks about, like, you know, trusting people, and, I mean, I trust people not to take my money. There's still money? Is there still money on Enterprise? No. No. No, there no. isn't. Not, certainly dumb, not dumb. in Earth. Dumb, dumb, dumb. So, um, do you have any memories of watching this episode in its original run? Uh, just pure disappointment, honest to God, pure disappointment and kind of confusion as well. Um, I'm not sure if I was aware, uh, cause this is 2005, so I'm not sure if I was aware the show had been canceled. Uh, let's say for argument's sake that uh, I didn't know. So I was watching right. this going like, I'm, this is such a hodgepodge of different ideas and different bits, but... Uh, by 2005, I on my on the initial run, I had watched seasons one and two weekly, mm-hmm. dropped off completely for season three, which I now know was stupid, as in I should have kept watching it. Got immediately better as soon as season three started, um, and then I had kind of dipped in and out of four. So by the time I got to these voyages, a lot of things were confusing. For example, I had no idea about Topal and Trip, um, mm. and the rest of the as you say, the rest of the characters don't really matter. In this episode. And I the whole Shran thing like confused n- me because like, wait, Shran died? Right. You know? I knew there was a whole naked trip to Paul space gel sexy time rub scene. Uh, like I knew not that just that one. happened. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Enterprise yeah. arrived horny. It's, yeah. Oh, the Rick Berman of it all. Um... So we, I mean, we, we ran late on this segment because we kept taking diversions to talk about more pleasant things, but a quick wrap up for me of things. So I, my memory of it was I did catch it. So I was in college or I just gotten, I either just graduated. I don't think I was in New York yet. I was still in at Penn state. And in those days I had one of those, um, TV cards in my desktop computer, like a cable card. I don't think, I don't think I know that. So. 
so it was like you like you had your Ethernet thing that you put in the back of your desktop mm. um, so that you could connect to the school internet. And then you had I, – I bought this cable card that had like a – that had a – whatever the cable, like cable TV, the little thing that you screw in oh, okay. when you're Sorry. in your apartment. So that yeah. cable could go right into my computer. And then I had this software that was basically pre-DVR, DVR. And you could program it to go to a certain channel at a certain time and like record the thing. That's so all I very impressive for 2005. That, right. So I had set that to record this episode because I knew Riker and Troy were in it and I just wanted that. Um it didn't work because it was buggy, and so there was a guy in our college who had a shared drive in the dorm who um, who would regularly download – like there was like every episode of The Simpsons, every episode of Family Guy, a bunch of Star Trek. He just had a whole – he had a whole library and just let people access it, and he had it. So I went and got it and watched that. Mm. And I remember being like, ooh, Data. Ooh, Data's voice. Ooh, Riker. Ooh, Troy. Oh, look at that Enterprise set. This episode's dumb, but man, do I like seeing them. Mm. And I think, um, from what I can tell, that's yeah. what the film, the showrunners were hoping you would feel. That the nostalgia would overpower the actual <laughs> dumb fuckery of what was going on around you. Right. So it's like, oh, but here's Riker. Oh, but here, you know, this is all wonderful. Right. Um, it didn't work. So thing, things I liked, uh, I'll do quick. Things I like, things I hate, you can do the same, and then we've got to get to our zhuzhing, because, man, do we have some zhuzhing to do. Um, uh, things I liked, Riker and Troy chemistry, um... Um, seeing some of those Enterprise D sets rebuilt, um, um, Trip and T'Pol chemistry. Mm-hmm. I do generally like they did it poorly, but I like the idea of a episode like a. It's almost like a reverse, or almost like a Trials and Tribulations kind of thing, where it's like, um, I have yeah. like I like the concept of of using the holodeck to visit an older time. Like they did it for a moment in Relics. Um, where they bring up the old bridge. Like, it did, they didn't do the whole episode around it, but I do kind of like touring, like, the museum aspect of it. Like, I like it as a concept. Um, and I liked that they did it, like, the birth of the Federation now should have had more of a undiscovered country plot line where there are actual stakes and the, the fate of forming the Federation is at stake. Yeah. Um, instead of this weird random errand with Shran. Um, and then Jeffrey Combs. He's great. Yep. Um, oh, one last question. Was there a cook on the Enterprise? Did we ever see a cook? There was a cook, and the most we ever saw, I think, was their hands. So that was a that was a clever way of bringing Riker in. Kinda. I mean, it would be better if it were something, if it were a character that were featured like um, Morn or Mott. There was rumors so that of we Shatner. actually knew them. Oh, yeah, there he was. was busy doing Boston Legal. Um, oh. Danny Crane. Um, so, things I hated, everything else. You, Sean? Uh, right. Well, uh, I'll, so, things I liked. If you look at the episode in complete isolation, there are a few. Mm. There are quite a few nice character moments. You mentioned as well, Trip and mm. T'Pol. Uh, Phlox gets not much to do, but he gets one or two moments. Um, Mayweather gets a line, which was pretty good at that point in Enterprise. Um and Reed, Reed is Marmite because for a long time he can be like insufferably duty and honor bound. Uh, and mm. then he's tiny bit re- like this is Reed relaxed, which tells you about mm. Reed. Um, Archer. Yeah, there is a bit of somnambulism 
going on with Scott Bakula in this episode. And as I say, it's because he did not like what was happening around him, but he's still professional, he still did his job. But um, it just, yeah, the, the agency of the episode had been taken out, which leads me then, well, no, and also, sorry, Jeffrey Combs. So that leads me then into my dislike. It, there are no stakes whatsoever for a se- let alone it being the show finale, like even a season finale, there's no stakes. Um, and which is a shame as well because you now this is the director as opposed to the writer, but the director is Alan Croker and he did What You Leave Behind and Endgame. Mm. Yeah, so it's just like it was now he didn't only do those two episodes, but he knows how to helm some strong series finales because both of those, I, I would probably maintain that All Good Things is probably the best overall series finale from Star Trek, but for me, What You Absolutely. Leave Behind is snapping at its heels. Uh, Absolutely agreed. Um, and uh, so, w- which makes this one even more disappointing. Knowing the talent that was behind the camera on this episode, it there just it there there is an overarching feeling of we've just got to get this done, um, right? Which goes away toward not not exp- uh, condoning, but explaining the bring in Riker and Troy. Then you don't need to worry about setting a lot of the story because, Ash, look, everyone knows the story of Pegasus, which was a risk. That was 11 years previously. I will say that. Right. Like, and it's not like, okay, but well, five. yes, all right, DVD was a thing. But like, now yeah. streaming, what's Pegasus? Pause, back to Pegasus. Okay, grand, I've watched that. Back to this. No, those two things don't add up. Um, right, right. So... Yeah. And how it's very sad for the for the cast of the Enterprise, mm. like to have Riker and Troy there to sh- like their camaraderie, chemistry, familiarity. Like the two of them are just fucking buddies, and I love them. And the love they have for each other bleeds through the characters. the The love that Jonathan Frakes and Marina Sirtis have for each other makes the love for Will and and Deanna real and. Seeing the, just even their little bits on the Enterprise, like have dinner later, sure, you know, like all of that, and then look at the Enterprise characters, it just pales in comparison. There's no, there's no love between these people who have been on a ship for ten years. There's no like, other than tripping to Paul. Mm. It just it's it's disservice to have such a well, like, to show like, oh, this is what a really a cast that really like hits on on all you know all cylinders. Uh, that's what this is like, and we're going to hold it next to this series, which failed. Yeah. Like, <laughs> poor. All right, we've got a lot to do, and we've we've complained about this episode a lot, so we'll be right back after this break to uh, get two different zhuzhings of this episode, and I'm excited to see what you pitch. Hi, gay. Do you like Star Trek? Do you like gay? Well, then you might want to join the Star Trek Zhuzh Orations fan community over at patreon.com slash Star Trek Zhuzh. Z-H-U-Z-H. Why would you want to do that? Well, one, you think that Sean and or I are pretty, and you would like to lift us out of abject poverty. Or because you really like this podcast and you want to help support it and keep it afloat by allowing us to afford the administrative expenses of doing it. Or... You just want some exclusive content. So what's exclusive content on the Star Trek Jujurations Patreon? That is your ability to get the episode before anyone else, 
You can also see the video recording of us doing the episode where we wear our Starfleet uniforms, me, my single Next Generation Command uniform, and Sean rotating through his collection of probably about 359 different uniforms, which is currently the number of uniforms on screen between Star Trek Discovery, Star Trek Strange New Worlds, and Star Trek Picard, because apparently uniforms are custom to your design now. You can also have direct interaction with us with Ask Me Anythings that will hold, a weekly live event where we will be watching the episode that we are going to review, and even your ability to participate by helping us choose the next episodes on the podcast. So if you like gay, and you like Star Trek, and you like supporting independent creators and writers who are trying to do their thing, head on over to patreon.com slash startrekzhuzh, Z-H-U-Z-H, and find a membership tier that works for you. In fact, I'm going to throw in a sweetener. If you sign up for our biggest tier, the most exclusive tier, which is our commander tier, for three months, I will give you a fourth month for free if and only if you direct message me on Patreon and tell me what this is. Do, 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 do. See you on the Patreon. All right, set phasers to judge, because here we go. Um, so here's here's the the here are the here's how I'm setting it. Like what the, the rules I gave myself. So first off, okay. didn't watch Enterprise. So I did not make this a wrapping up the themes of season three, season four, wrapping up character things, because I don't know any of that. So I didn't do that. I kept Riker and Troy, because apparently we were just gonna use Riker and Troy. And um I kept the I like the idea of putting this on the eve of the coalition. That makes sense for the end of Enterprise. I kept the time jump that it's ten years later, like it's later. I kept all of that as sort of and I kept in mind sort of like, okay, it was a canceled television show getting one last episode that was on a network that was on the, you know, downward spiral. So I didn't include anything that would have been like too far out of the budget. I, you know, I tried to at least put myself in the shoes of what they could have done rather than, like, you know, give it a, a you know, a huge budget, a next-gen budget or something. Like, I, I just, I tried to at least, like, make this possible. It is a little, it might have been a little too much. It may not have been a So that I gave those limitations to myself uh, in creating this. So, I also wanted to bring back Jeffrey Combs, but no Shran, because I like him as an actor. Mm-hmm. But he he plays so many characters, why not give him another? So I made Jeffrey Combs the villain of this episode. And as a new character. So Is he an artificial it, AI? No. Uh, <laughs> so uh, he it opens on Romulus. Interesting. We open on Romulus, and we're not sure when it is. We see Romulus surround the planet, surrounded by a bunch of, like, freighters. And things that aren't obvious to give us, like, oh, that's a Romulan ship of this era. That's a Federation ship of this era. We don't know. Okay. And we're on, we go into, like, some, not command center, but some sort of, like, office, military, you know, building of some sort. And you've got Jeffrey Combs as a Romulan. And he Finally. is talking to a bunch of other Romulans. And they're all dressed... In whatever, whatever Romulans would have dressed like in, 
It's like some civilian. So again, things that that I don't want the audience to know what time we're in. Mm-hmm. So it's just it's just kind of vague. So they're talking about now is you know uh, that. You know, some sort of setting up, like, you know, it's the day, like, we're going to, you know, everything's set, we're going to go, so they're about to do something, and we're getting the sense that preparations have been made, and a young Romulan officer runs in and says, the Federation, uh, the Federation captain is back, and they're all kind of perplexed about, and he wants to see you, and they're all kind of perplexed about that, and they're like, you know, we, 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 basically... Uh, similar to like um, unification, like we set up a ruse. The ship shouldn't be here. Like they they should be investigating that thing that we set up. And the Romulan and it's like fuck. They're all like fuck. And they're like and the Jeffrey Combs character is just like it's fine. It's fine. We'll get rid of him. It's fine. And he goes, but he brought the empath. So they're like, we have nothing to hide. We have nothing to hide. And in walks Captain Riker of the USS Titan, and Deanna Troy. Okay. So, they look post-Nemesis, because this is three years post-Nemesis in, like, real time. Because Nemesis Mm -hmm. was 2002, this is 2005. So, they look appropriate, and they're wearing the right costumes. And they're still their characters. So, we get sort of this ominous Troy kind of giving Riker a look like, you're right. Like, some sort of, like, there is something going on. I'm sensing, like, they have a good, they have a... You know, they have the relationship. She doesn't need to say anything. But you see a look where she kind of gives him the, yeah, something's going on here. And we get the sense that we we learn very quickly that basically Titan is there as part of, like, this Federation envoy because there were all these talks about a potential accord between the Romulan mm-hmm. people and the Federation because of post-Nemesis events, that, that Romulus is in a free fall because of all the, you know— Shinzon killed all of those people. We get some, like, nemesis references just so we know that Romulus is in this free fall. And we get the sense that Jeffrey Combs, who's, like, either a, a, a senator or a Tal Shiar person or something, is deeply unhappy about, you know, the potential, you know, working relationship or affiliation between the Federation and the Romulans. And – but it's, it's a, like, a – not an aggression, but just sort of, like, shitty one, one-off comments. Just, like, we, we just get the sense he's not – happy about it and what we learned that Riker is there to um oh I'm sorry it's also important that there is a security guard with Riker who is an Andorian okay okay a new Andorian character his chief of security on the Titan somebody but it's important so um um the the Riker is there to confront about you know there have been some recent shipments of, you know, supplies and stuff and this and that. Um, and basically the Titan is exposing the fact that there have been some contraband and some stuff over the last few months that they have noticed being diverted to a particular place. And, you know, Riker gives this speech about, you know, we worked together during the Dominion War, we this and that, you know, we're done with these. He's, he's kind of pissed. Like, we're done with this, this, you know, cloak and dagger, whatever game you're running you know, it's done. We're in a new time where, you know, we, we, we've worked together before. We're about to sign this affiliation. We're working together again. Um, um, we're working together now. Whatever you're doing, whatever this is, it's not, we're not, like, it's not, like, he's just being, like, cut the shit. Right? Mm-hmm. And Shran, uh, it's not Shran. It's Jeffrey Combs as a Romulan. They kind of, he gives some sort of one-off remark about, like, you know, um, when we first met your people, referring to the Romulan War, 
which we never saw on Enterprise, you know, uh, there was a time when the tables might have been turned and you might have been seeking us, you know, you may have been crippled and seeking us for help. And, and there's a reference to that. There's a, there's a moment of sort of like, what are they going to do? They all just, the Romulans suddenly just beam away. Like the execute program, whatever the Romulan's name is, Tashar, Tashar, call him Tashar, Tashran. Yeah, Yeah, right. Execute Tashran 7. They all beam out. Riker taps combat. Riker to Titan. Where, you know, um, there was an emergency beam out. Where do they go? It's the place where we've noticed the contraband has been going. Um, um, a, a line from the the Titan would be nice if it was a reference to the books. If you want to get a voiceover, because I have no data voiceover, have it be Tuvok. Because in mm-hmm. the books, Tuvok is on the Titan. So have Tim Russ do the voiceover. That he's up on the ship saying, they beam to the, the location of the con- that we've noticed that the contraband's been going to. We're getting temporal. There's, but there are, you know... He, like, um, Riker's like, okay, site-to-site transport, beam us and a security team directly to that, you know, place. Tuvok warns on the comm, you know, we're getting, there's a massive energy buildup, temporal distortions, blah, 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 blah. Riker's like, you know, even more, even more reason to go than not to go. Let's go. So Mm. Troy, Riker, the security guard are met by a team, which includes a Tellarite and a Vulcan and another human. Uh, a science person, uh, an engineering, you know, like a team. And they, they beam in. The Romulans were already gone. It's this, some machine. It's some complex. It's some something. The Romulans were already gone. They quickly figure out. They executed some sort of um, time thing. They've traveled somewhere. They don't know where. Um, there's nothing left. And they figure out that, like, oh, they weren't planning on coming back. There's no one here. Like, there's no one here to get them back when they're done doing whatever they want to do. They don't plan on returning. So, and they also find, which is important, some device where they don't know what it is, and it seems to be a hollow emitter, and the, the Andorian puts it on and clicks it, and suddenly, to, to outward appearance, they're a Vulcan. So they have these hollow, rather than like the, what they did on Next Gen, where they like had them go under like major surgery to look like another alien, this is yeah. like a hollow emitter that's like a disguise. So they know the Romulans have gone back in time, we don't know when, but they're disguising themselves as Vulcans. And they had no no plan on returning. So Riker's like, okay, well, can, like we need to we need to follow them back. And can you can we can you figure out you know to the science officer can you figure out can you do it? It's like yeah, I can I can just run the program the way that they did, but there's no there's no program here to come back. Like we don't know. And Riker and Troy are like, well, I guess you'll have to figure that out. Here's a transponder. Bring us back. You know, and, and maybe one of the officers being like, you're the captain of the ship, you can't go. And there are two people in this room who have experience uh, in going back in time and stopping things from happening in the timeline. And that's myself and Commander Troy. We're going. So they go through the portal. And now you've got an Andorian, a Tellarite, a human, and a Vulcan having to problem solve and work together to figure out how to get them back. Okay. They emerge. And what's happening? So now I don't have a point by point. But what is what it is, instead of a holodeck episode with no stakes, this is the birth of the Federation, and the Andorians are like the Andorians pulled out on the, in the eleventh hour because there's still animosity between them and the Vulcans, which I understand was like a thing in, in Enterprise. Yeah. And basically the way history has it is Archer 
is the one that is sent to go speak to whoever um, and and to Paul and get, you know, the Andorians to, like, come back into the, the signing to, to form the coalition. There's, like, an 11th hour, like, oh, shit, are the Andorians going to be part of this or not? And what the Romulans are trying to do, the Romulans basically, it's basically a we're stronger together message. We're stronger mm-hmm. when we work together. And the Romulans know that if it, the Romulans think if the Andorians never joined the Federation, the Romulans would have beat the Federation in the Romulan War. And that's what they're, they're trying to stop. It's very first contact. They're trying to stop the formation of the Federation in the first place because they are, there's this, they think, you know, Romulus has been brought to its knees and now they have to kowtow to the Federation because of all this stuff. And the lesson is, no, it's all of your plotting and Shinzon nonsense. You did this to yourself. Like, you are the cause of your own demise. So it's this, these, it's this competing messages of, like, uh, isolationism and nationalism from the Romulans versus the coalition that's now forming with Enterprise, which is the first federation, and the new coalition with the federation of the Romulans in a post-Shinzon world. And you have, on the Enterprise, it's, it's not decommissioning, it's the first exercise in integrating the Andorian version of Starfleet, the Vulcan Science Academy, whatever the Tellarite is, and like Sato's teaching, you know, about the about you know how the communication systems works to a to a Vulcan person, and it's all this sort of working together, learning the ship because they're all going to be integrated as a crew. They introduce new uniforms, which are the TOS uniforms, or like a zhuzhed up version of it. Like we see, things are, it's it's like the eve of the real sort of like TOS era, right? Um, and Riker and Troy, having these hollow emitters, uh, are now also sort of vulcanized, and they are trying to basically find these Vulcans. We find out that Jeffrey Combs and his team have replaced the Vulcan envoy on the Enterprise that is learning the ship and whatever, and their plan is basically as a Vulcan, as part of the Vulcan M- envoy, to blow up or assassinate or something this Andorian ambassador that they've gone to talk to so that it would just push the Andorians to not be part of this. That's what they're there to do. Sort of a, a you know, eve of, who was it? Uh, World War II, they assassinated the whatever? The arch, the whatever? Uh, uh, World History. War I, Archduke. World War I. There we go. Archduke Franz Ferdinand. Yes, thank you. Old, uh, it's been a while. So <laughs> very much that. So you've got, so it's Riker and Troy behind the scenes, and we can have all those moments of them like, oh, look at this old ship. Oh, isn't this so interesting? Very trials and tribulations thing. But they're not, they're, they're running around trying to find Jeffrey Combs. Um, you've got Archer trying to negotiate the Andorians and giving all these speeches about, like, we're, we're stronger together, and you know, this alliance has been built for so long. Why are you pulling out now? And it's, it's convincing, convincing the Andorian basically what they would convince they would hope to convince um, uh, Romulan Jeffrey Combs that, like, no, no, we're we're stronger when we work together. Um, that we're, you know, and these flash cuts to the Titan team, and not a lot of it because this should focus on the Enterprise team. But this flash cut to the future of an Andorian, a Tellarite, a human, and a Vulcan, straight up Star Trek problem solving, trying to figure out the science of how to get Troy and Riker back, and showing how. These different people with different experiences and and just showing them showing not telling the message of like, see what we can do when we work together. We solved this problem and we got and we got Riker and Troy back. And I want the payoff of stopping the Romulans. I don't want Enterprise to know that Riker and Troy are there. 
I don't want like a Riker going to Archer's quarters and being like, I'm from the future. None of that. None of that. They're just running around. We see them in, in the background trying to do things, trying to figure stuff out. The main plot line is the Enterprise trying to keep the Andorians to in, in the deal. And um, the sacrifice at the end can be Trip can somehow sacrifice himself to save the – because Jeffrey Combs could almost kill whatever they're trying to do, whether it's a ship blow up or a phaser or whatever it is they're trying to do to kill him. Trip, who – who through the episode is is maybe maybe he's the character that's like from undiscovered country like I'm not sure about this like it's going to be weird I you know I like things the way they are it's going to be weird to you know mm, not really be gotcha. the way we were anymore and in the end he sacrifices himself to save the Andorian ambassador to save the alliance Okay I don't know if the trip still dies but not well, I I just wanted to keep as much of some of these plot points, and because it's the end of Enterprise, and they weren't ever going to do anything with Enterprise again, and you want a, a character death to have a payoff. Hmm. Yeah. He's, a, he's yeah. saving the Federation, basically. Which is better than some randomers just beamed aboard. Right, blowing some mercenaries. So yeah, I don't have like an act by act, but that's the general theme, and um, maybe at the end, when they get back on the Titan... There can be something where some sort of reference where like Tucker is the name of something because he's an important figure because uh yeah like he's the name yeah. of something uh the the other ship that's with the Titan the shuttlecraft they were on something that just signals that like he was he was like very integral so then to also give his death a lot of like gravitas. Um, they, 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 they kind of credit him of saving the Federation. Um, yeah. And then it's some little, um, you get some parting stuff of Troy and Riker going back to the Titan. I'm going to see, I'm, I bet they don't have the budget. So we don't see the, maybe we see a CGI Titan the way we saw the CGI Enterprise D. Like we have the budget for that, but we don't see, we don't go on the Titan because like, I assume they didn't have the budget to build a, a set that would have done that ship justice. You don't want a shitty Titan set. So like, I we just lift the footage from lower decks. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, uh, yeah. And then we end with them at the ceremony of the, the coalition. Um, and we actually get Jonathan Archer being very upset about Trip's death instead of sort of being blasé about it. And yeah. And that's the end of the episode. So I tried right. to keep some of the major points and just no holodeck, actual stakes, give us some time travel, but also Troy and Riker are not the focus. They're just, they're getting... They feature, getting, but they're not. They yet. feature, and they're getting us to the adventure. They're like, they're taking us into why we are 10 years ahead in Enterprise timeline, right? Hmm. Um, and, and just the message being, if the message is, you know, that the, the, the Enterprise started off as humans first... You know, trek into space. They were reluctant to work with the Vulcans. They meet, you know, the Andorians aren't great. I know there's, there was some Tellarite stuff to end it with. And we've all learned to work together. And that's what it should be. Bookend it with the Romulans having the same sort of situation in the future. But show how it worked out in the future by having those races of the Titan crew, you know, working together. Just all of this, like, things things are, we, we all succeed when we work together. 
being the message and end with the founding of the coalition. Okay, I like that. That's my um, episode. I have now very, very interesting some of the things you've come up with there because I also have a way of judging this episode. Oh. And there may be some commonalities. Interesting. Okay, interesting. let's hear it. Let's do it. Hi, gay. Do you like sex? Do you like gay? Then you might like my other podcast that I currently co-host with J.J. Bozeman called Dying Alone Together. What do we do on Dying Alone Together? Well, we talk about uh, dating and sex and relationships in New York City. You can hear fun stories like the time J.J. got into a windowless van to jerk off with a Hasidic Jewish person. You can also hear about my time in Fire Island where I woke up in a man's bed covered in my own diarrhea. Or how about J.J.'s handy medical tips, including his homeopathic remedy for anal fissures, which includes syringes and raw eggs. So if you like me on this podcast and you think I'm funny and you want to hear more about my horrific dating and sex life in New York City, join us over wherever you listen to, well, this, at Dying Alone Together. Guests include RuPaul's Drag Race's own Britta Filter and Honey Davenport, legendary drag icon Sherry Vine, and we do actually have non-drag guests, which include HBO Max's The Minx's Oscar Montoya and your very own Sean Farrick, who joined us for a very special episode. So if you like gay and you like sex, you are going to love Dying Alone Together. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Okay, right. Okay. 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 Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm about to blow your mind. Now, I'm also about to say a whole bunch of stuff that's not going to make an awful lot of sense to you because someone hasn't watched all of Enterprise. Mine I, is I some, a big, massive some. sum up of great Enterprise. What's well, good? It's good that that we have these two different ones then because it gives us two very. It's good to have these different options. So there might be it, some overlap, exactly. but at least yours is a is a swan song to that stupid show. Okay. <laughs> Me, but yes, uh, right. So you're right. There will be overlap. So I have literally block capitals, no holodeck. Okay, done. But. So I'm not sure how much you remember of Enterprise, but the temporal Cold War took mm-hmm. up much of the first two seasons. And then literally a producer says, don't like that. And was that, Manny, that was when Manny Cotto came in? Now, it did get better when Manny Cotto came in. I can't remember. He came in for season three and was showrunner at least for season four. And right. there's no argument. Enterprise is better when Manny Cotto was there. Right. Um, but this will, this is going to address... The temporal cold war. So okay, sure. You're cold. You're cold open. Which can can we say that temporal cold war is a stupid term? What's a temporal cold? What does that fucking mean? Um, what does it mean? It, What's a temporal cold war? It's knowing that they have the power to do it without actually acting on it. Otherwise, it's just war. Except that someone is doing something. And that's what it is. So it's the okay. idea of, just kind of using my little my little history to here. So the, the Cold War in real life is yeah. a shit ton of espionage and yeah. behind the scenes and under the table kind of stuff. But gotcha. no one actually hit the button. And that's kind of the idea with Temporal Cold Wars. There's everyone okay. is interfering with everyone else, but no one's actually come out and said, oh, by the way, we've just hit the button. Okay, I'm with you. Great. So, cold open. We open on the Enterprise D... Under heavy attack from unknown ships, things are extremely grim, and it's a numbers game versus a power. They're little, they're fighters, and they are through numbers. They are overpowering the Enterprise D. Now, 
Think in your head of that shot of the Jemadar ship that's about to make a suicide mm-hmm. run on the on USS the Odyssey. Odyssey. Mm-hmm. So we're taking that frame for frame, but it's the Enterprise D and it's a Zindi reptilian ship that's about to make a suicide run on the Enterprise D mm-hmm. and with with seconds to spare, the Zindi ship is blasted out of the sky by the NX-01. Cut so very, very... Um, uh, Enterprise swinging in to save the Defiant in opening of First Contact. Very much so. Very mm-hmm. much so. So, yeah. Okay, so. Mm-hmm. Like hold it. up. So, the audience is sitting. Some of these things should not be this, should be together at this point. What is going on? Okay, credits. We're going to have a 10-minute remixed version of Faith of the Heart, and it's going to be a karaoke version as well. And the thing is, you can't skip intro, nor will it allow you to play the rest of the episode until you sing along with it. So, Act 1. Um, so... I literally have down here. It's the temporal cold war run amok. So Tell Enterprise D. See, there we go. How hard was that? To hear. Ah, this boy does have faith of the heart. Uh, Enterprise D NX01. They managed to outmaneuver the Zindi. Uh, uh, sorry, Zindi, but you were just for the shocking opening. It's pretty much mm. kind of bye bye now for a while. Okay. Um, so they hail. So basically, NX01 hails hails D and says. How are your kids? We're your grandparents. Picard starts to say, Temporal Prime Directive, Archer cuts him off and says, it doesn't matter. I know what your future is. I know what your sides are. Time is broken, which is a phrase we have heard rather a lot in the last few weeks. Right. Um, so you think Patrick Stewart was going to come back for the season finale of Enterprise when it took going, 20 going this years one. to get him to do a new show? Going for this one. Okay. Uh, so, uh, Archer beams aboard. They're sitting in the observation lounge because we need to see Archer and Picard together. The Romulan supernova was never meant to happen. And it has, because of a temporal weapon, it has effectively splintered time. It created the Kelvin universe. It sent shockwaves through all of the temporal vessels that we know are operating in the 26th and 29th centuries. The Relativity and other ships like it exploded in a very burn-like explosion. And Enterprise got pulled into the shockwave. Sean, I got beef. Sean, I got beef. I got beef with this. None of that... None of that was... Let you tell your story. I'll I'll just shut the fuck up then. All right. (laughs) I mean, it's interesting that you're using plot points from post-2009 in a 2005 episode, but sure. Sure. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. uh, Because, put it this way... This needs to be fixed. <laughs> I'm bringing everyone back today. Your your tra- your travel your time traveling to fix this episode. <laughs> Fucking right, I am. This is needed. This is how much this is needed. This is time travel and time travel and time travel. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> All right, sorry. Uh, continue. Ask right. Yeah. So, uh, Act Two. Other ships from time start showing up as well. Right. So that's how the Zindi rocked up. Mm-hmm. Um, and on cue. Both NXO not on cue. Sorry, that's not a sorry. It's not a John Delancey reference. That's just yeah. So at that time, D and NXO one are hailed by a small group of ships. The warbird Valdor, mm-hmm. a Romulan D, uh, TNG era warbird, and a Romulan D seven battle cruiser, all of which are being commanded by Donatra, Sela, and the Romulan commander from the original series. I considered. So one, love that you've got 
um, the Romulans like I did. Love the show. I considered yeah. using Sila, and I thought about in the opening lines of mine just having a reference to her, like that she's the one who's like she's sending them on this mission to have some sort, or maybe in a voiceover from her. I thought about hmm. that. Um, I like it. I wrote a lot of fan fiction in the 90s as a child that involved, like, Sela and the Enterprise. I always wanted more Sela. Oh, agreed. I, it, it'll be a crime if she doesn't return in Picard. A crime. Oh, they, she um, won't. I can't. I, I don't think they liked Denise Crosby. I don't think. Uh, we'll come back to that one. Anyway, we'll continue. One. All right. So, both ships go to Red Alert, but they stand down when Sela explains that they are the last Romulans in existence. So these three ships, these are the these are the end of the Romulan race. Mm. The supernova is t- stuck in a temporal loop. It's always happening, and the shockwave is getting bigger. So we're talking universe-ending thing because it's Star Trek, of course. We are. right, very um, very all good things. Okay, yeah, indeed. All right, Act Three. Right, communications are down in subspace because subspace is basically shattered. Um, so we have a, a mini fleet of the Enterprise D, NX one, the Valdor this Warbird, and the D7. The closest system where they can pick up another ship is Wolf 359. Mm-hmm. They arrive and the cube is there, surrounded with the wreckage of the fleet. The Queen hails them. She knows exactly what's happened. She wants to fix time because a broken time is imperfect. I like that. You know what this is reminding me of? Did you ever read the book Star Trek Federation? No. It was a book in the 90s and it was like it was like a time broken cuz this is like this is pre all of these other franchises so it was like um TNG TOS. And gotcha, um, gotcha. um there was like Jack Crusher was involved, um hopping timelines. It was sort of like a Picard Beverly, Jack Kirk um but, but it was sort of time-shattered, jumping between different things. Yeah, yeah. But I think it was – the book was written during TNG's run, possibly. Oh, I like that. Oh, I do, yeah. I do like Look that. that. Also, I like okay. Jack Rushers there. Okay, cool. Yep. Um, so only the combination of the cube and the warbird's forced singularity have the power to properly detonate the Nova. Love and artificial quantum singularity. Mm-hmm. Love it. So – the act four, the cube being its board cube, they make a cavity inside big enough for the warbird to enter. Because oh, and geez. if you would like to see Sean Farrick enter a enter a cavity, subscribe to his only hands. <laughs> I like to call it my warbird, so this is all going quite nicely. <laughs> if you want to see Sean's warbird enter a cavity, <laughs> I'm gonna I gotta stop talking. Okay, I like it. I like it. All right, uh, they all travel through. So the the cube uh, opens a transwarp corridor. So they all travel through this corridor. And once they enter, they are hailed, think wharf in parallels. They're receiving mm. something like 11,000 hails at the same time. Does Troy to, try to kiss him and does Worf go, ah! <laughs> <laughs> Possibly. I'll write it in. Um, they, one that manages to get through is from the USS Voyager. Janeway is approaching the Transwarp hub and informs them that there is no way to stop the Nova. Uh, they need to let it happen. Sila and Donatra vote no, because I'd really rather not to wipe out my race from existence. Thank you very much. The Romulan commander votes yes. Because if you think about it, the original series Romulans were far more closer to Klingons in terms Mm -hmm. of honour than Mm -hmm. uh, the later ones are. 
The Valdor starts to attack. The, obviously, the Warbird's inside the cube. The Valdor starts to attack the fleet. But the Enterprise and the D, uh, Enterprise NX-01 and the D-7 join forces to stop it, while D and the cube race to the finish. Because I really want that image of the Enterprise D and the cube working together. Mm. Act 5. At this eternal nova... The cube opens the port, and as Picard ord- orders all weapons, basically they're going to have to detonate this singularity, mm-hmm. which will then be focused by the cube at the center of the Nova, which will allow the Nova to actually go Nova and mm-hmm. then break this temporal ice that's surrounding it. Mm-hmm. Picard orders all weapons to fire on that point. The Queen speaks to him telepathically and says, I'll see you soon, Locutus. Mm-hmm. Um, massive boom. Uh, Coda. NX-01, uh, so Archer and Daniels, who I'm not sure you'll know who, because da- Daniels mm, was a temporal mm-hmm. agent. Oh, great. Temporal agent, Enterprise J, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, so. Kind of looks like Tony discuss- Hale. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He kind of looks like Tony Hale from Veep. Oh, he d- yes, I do know who that is. Yeah, he yes. kind of looks like Tony Hale. Yeah, okay. Ah. Um, they're, discussing, they're discussing the events of what happened, and Daniel says, you know, I, I should wipe your memories. But I'm not going to, because we need to learn from lessons mm. and um, let this be the beginning of the future. And then we see mm. our, these are the voyages to play us out. Okay. So Now you may slate me, sir. Slate me, I say. Here, here, so... You have obviously abandoned um, restraints on budget cast like I that we're gonna get the only way for this right episode. that we're gonna get Carrie Russell Denise Crosby Patrick Stewart uh, uh, uh Kate Mulgrew um no DS9 Russell, are you thinking of Dina Meyer Dina Meyer was Denatra Dina Meyer was Denatra oh Carrie Russell now because I know Carrie I, I love Carrie Russell if we can get Carrie Russell please do but who was Carrie who she uh she's in the Americans uh, she... Right, and she was Felicity. Yes, yes, she was. Yeah, yeah. I oh, I don't know why any... I always thought she was Denatra. That's weird. Uh, Dina Meyer from Star- and in, from many things, but I know her from Starship Troopers. Uh, oh, yeah. wait, no, no. Carrie Russell's in. Star- Am I confusing Carrie Russell and Dina Meyer? Are these two different people I that I merged in my be. head as one person. Saw three I angel mer- trap and a jar full of acid. That huh. this is Dina Meyer. I have merged these people in my head as one person. That's weird. I, I, I can understand it. Because well, Carrie Russell's doing Star Wars. She's like, yes, she is. having her show up and do that stuff. Okay, I think... The, yes. Okay, my br- uh, 40-year-old brain. Okay. So, um... Okay. Love Sela. Love... Okay, no DS9, though. You have no DS9 references. That was... I was I was even kind of like... Even Janeway was kind of like, I knew I want to have Voyager in this, right. but even that's a... Bit of a stretch, right? So you have you have, you have no budget constraints. So for me, for me though, for me, but for me, it's still not a goodbye to the Enterprise crew because you've got so much going on with non-Enterprise people. That this sounds true. to me like they get money from Paramount because Enterprise has done its finale and is over, and there's no more Star Trek on the air to do like a special mini-series event to, like, say goodbye to Star Trek for a while. I'd even... That's what this sounds like to me. I'd even say movie. 
No, I suppose not even miniseries. I would keep this. To I don't think under they two would. Hours. I don't think they would do it, or like a t- but a TV movie because you couldn't have this much something like your Endgame exactly in some, yeah. in a in a cinematic release because it would not appeal to anybody who doesn't already know all these episodes. It also sounds like a great book, and it feels like that book would very much be written. It feels very much like Destiny, or because I love that series, or right series, yeah. any of the post post DS Nine post Nemesis stuff. This feels definitely feels like a like a pockets book adventure maybe a tv movie if they ever did it but i think it's still it might wrap up um the politics of enterprise but like you didn't mention like what well, i didn't either in fairness because i don't know it but like tucker trip mayweather like what do these people all do like how are they how are they heroes in this how is this their goodbye but i love like listen fair, this sounds like this fair. sounds like what I would write, I had this little, so this is like, you know, early days of my home having a computer, pre-Windows. This is DOS. And I remember going into whatever Word application and typing up what I had written on, like, handwritten with pencil on, like, notebooks, like, in my room, like, and then Sela does this, and then the Enterprise goes here. And I had all these, like, adventures of the D and Rami, and then i go to the computer and, like, type it up and then put them on, like billboard fan forums and stuff uh as like a i don't know nine-year-old uh that's what this reminds me of like this this is definitely in the jack tracy wheelhouse of like fantasy star trek adventures and if you'd like to see a fantasy star trek adventure please subscribe to (laughs) at what point do the subscribers ask for me to be removed from this podcast like at what point does that happen episode five six when we make a video that isn't what they want, that you join in and everything's great, and it actually is just us in Star Trek uniforms just playing out one of our two scripts that we've just done there. And I it's not actually anything, wanted, yeah. I kind of always wanted to do a robot chicken web series where, like, we get the Enterprise D bridge and, like, we do it with, like, the Playmates figures. Oh, I, look, I, have, I have the bridge sitting not six feet away from me there. Uh, I gotta rebuy it. That was one of the things oh. that was lost. Anyway, that's a long story. So, um... Uh, all right. So we've got a, yours is much more like, let's say goodbye to Star Trek for a while. Like we're, we're getting in all the references, all the references, all the references. Mine is take the most top level pieces of that terrible episode and put them into a workable adventure with actual stakes. So we took two very different approaches, which I love because it would be very boring if we both pitched the same idea, which might actually happen at some point. There is a, there's I'm going sure to be an episode once, once where we, we both have the to, same idea. Exactly, because we'll start to talk so much and we'll get to know each other so much better. We'll start to like, we'll know our own thought processes yeah. and uh, like we'll just end up making every single episode of Star Trek just threshold. Yeah. <laughs> because again, it will end up in uh, us having lizard sex. So... Uh... <laughs> All right. Um, at this point in the podcast, uh, we would review your comments and what you like about what we've said about previous episodes, all of that. Uh, so send them in so in future episodes we can do that. Um, if you're not following us already, we're at Star Trek Zhuzh, Z-H-U-Z-H, um, on Instagram. That's where we're going to post uh, some delightful memes and some clips of the show. And by liking and following us, it just shows us that you're listening. So uh, yeah. make sure to drop a like and a comment wherever you're listening to this. It helps us reach more subscribers. Check out our Patreon if you'd like to uh, join and maybe watch these episodes with us. That could be fun. Um, 
You can also follow me at Jack Tracy Official. And you can follow me on Twitter and I think Instagram as well, at Sean Farrick. I think they're both the same handle. I mean, I'm not and... on Twitter because that's a cesspool of evil. Uh, but I am on Instagram, which is a slightly less of a cesspool. Um, and uh, Sean, what are we doing next week? We are going to take on the best series of them all, which is Star Trek Deep Space Nine's first season. And I love next the, week... I, I love a lot of the first season. Really? Well, I can't wait to hear you sing. Oh, is this Move Along Home? Alamarine. <laughs> Alamarine. Alamarine. <laughs> then three more. It is indeed Move Along Home, and I cannot wait. Uh, 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 now, okay, so the song that I'm going to write with the uh, c- ceremonial rhythms is also going to include, it's going to be called Alamarine. I'm going to make a dance beat to Alamarine. Works for me. <laughs> <laughs> that's going to be the that's going to we haven't made the th- we we're recording these before we make our theme song that's going to be the theme song of this podcast it's going to be us singing Alamarine <laughs> I love this <laughs> oh my god move along that is probably along with what is it rules of engagement or something the weird wharf trial one yeah I think the two episodes of D Space Nine that I find painful to finish it's, it hurts me. It's not great. It yeah, hurts me to watch. So, again, Shore Leave and now this. I at least gave you Ghost Sex and Riker Troy cameos, and you're giving me um, Fantasy Hopscotch and uh, and uh, 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 The White Rabbit. So one of us is being crueler than the other, I'm going to have to say. Exactly. I'm giving you far more license to use fantasy. Jeez. Alan Rain. It does sound like something they'd cook on Great British Bake Off. Like this week, uh, chefs, you have to make an ala moraine. And then you have to make three more. (laughs) (laughs) And there's no better way to end this episode. See see you next week. (laughs) Bye. (laughs) And then you have to make three more. That was so sharp. I loved that.